What the? Mike, did you pick this? What? Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Terrian. And I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. Good morning. Good morning. Well, today, sir, is your topic. So, would you like to reveal what that topic is? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, you know that uh, in the past week or so, I've been in this major kerfluffle with American Express. Mm. And uh, I've been quite angry about the situation, which has given me pause. And I've been taking all of this to prayer a lot, um, trying to be a little bit more curious about why I'm so triggered by this whole thing. Well, do you want to tell us sort of what, tell us what, uh, you know, what happened? What are you triggered by? Yeah. yeah. What's, yeah, what's going on? Well, so I've been kind of noticing over recent months that my bill just keeps getting a little higher and higher. And I, and I was starting to feel really anxious, um, about it because I mean, first of all, with inflation, you know, it seems like the uh, the 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 wiggle room at the end of the month it keeps getting you know mm. smaller. Did you also notice that the amount of shoes that your wife owns is increasing exponentially? Oh no, I hadn't <laughs> looked. I wondered why she wanted that new edition. On ah, the back of the yes. House. No. no, I'm just kidding. I Go can't say it. that about my wife. She's so modest uh, <laughs> in. I think. She has a pretty small closet, so yeah, that's wow. definitely not yeah. it. But um, but I but but I definitely was um, I I was noticing this, and I was looking at my charges, trying to figure out what was going on, and and you know I'm we'll get into this why I'm why I'm like this, but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty anal about my uh, managing my finances, and I I keep very close tabs on every penny I spend, and and um. And it's not uncommon for me to get anxious and quite angry about financial matters. Um, it's funny because when I tell people that I can struggle with having a bad temper, a lot of people look at me like, really? That's because I'm really good at faking it and being yeah, super you don't, calm. Yeah, right. I don't come off that way. And I'm a lot better. But when I was a child, I, I, I was like the Incredible Hulk or the Incredible Sulk. Um, <laughs> and uh, I could see you like a Tasmanian devil type oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Ooh, yeah, I had a really bad temper. I was I was kind of a brawler at heart, you know, but I was so small that I I knew how to restrain myself because I didn't want to die on the playground. <laughs> but uh, but I I was I was kind of a rage mon- monster as a as a kid. So wow. yeah, it's, that's been an area that I've worked on a lot growing mm. up. You know, I just hated that about yeah, myself. Yeah, you only throw chairs at the office occasionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't do that. Go ahead. I have done that before, but, um, but, uh, no, I, um, no, I mean, I have really worked on that because I hated that about myself when I was young and, and as a young adult, as part of my conversion, that was, that was a, that was a frontier of growth that I needed, mm. to, I needed to conquer. But, but at any rate, so, but, um, yeah, I, I was getting, I was starting to get anxious. So I, I took a look at my bill and I noticed I had interest and I'm like, Ugh, why do I have interest? Why do I have interest? 
And I and I got on the call and I couldn't understand. And the reason why I couldn't understand is because I pay off my entire balance every month. Mm-hmm. And and I'm very pretty I'm very sort of, you know, fastidious about that. I I, I use a credit card because I like the points and I mm-hmm. like, you know, the little perks from that. But I pay it off in full every month. And I can probably count on one hand how many times I have not done that in the course of my adult life. So mm-hmm. so um I I was you know a little upset about that that I had interest so I called them and and uh, as I was talking through it with the guy on the other line uh, he made this kind of passing comment he's like well you know sir you've been carrying interest for a while and I'm like and I actually let that comment go because I knew in my mind that that's not true that couldn't be true what could he possibly mean by that mm. but it bothered me it kind of lodged itself in my head and I'm like okay. Um, I'm going to go back. So I went back and I opened up all my statements starting in January. So January, no interest. February, no interest. March, April, May, no interest. June, interest. July, more interest. August, more interest. September, more interest. It just kept accumulating. Mm. And I'm like, so then I went back and I looked at all my statements as to when my payments to them posted. Two days early, one day early, right on that day. Like I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, yeah. find w- where uh, I was late. So anyway, I called him again. He's thieves. Yes, he's thieves. Go ahead. So anyway, I, <laughs> I got on the line with them, and and I'm being told that no, you know, your payments were all late. You know, they were. It says here in our records it posted on the 21st and the 22nd, and I'm like, that's impossible. And anyway, so that that interaction, I really lost it because I'm like, mm. it, it you know, part of my temper uh, issue as a child was I, I just I, I was a very argumentative child and I and I just never was wrong. I mean, that's just like when I'm not wrong, I'm not wrong. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, and I used to that's I was more of a brawler with my tongue than my fists. Like I I just argued my way out of everything and mm-hmm. drove a lot of my adult elders and, and crazy, whether it was my coaches or my parents or my teachers or whatever. But uh, everybody loves a know-it-all. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that's, an, you know, I, hopefully I'm, I'm drawing this out, but but, but we're going to, I, I want to sure, dig into it. we're going to dig into it. We're going to dig into it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so I, I really gave it to this woman. And I'm like, I remember at one point saying to her, you know, and I was, you know, basically yelling at her, like, mm. like, you understand that when my bank tells me that that bill has been posted to my checking account, that money is not mine anymore. It's not for me to spend. So what happens between that moment and the moment you post it to my account really makes no difference to me. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. And if you're going to charge me interest for that, you're just stealing from me. I mean, I was really right. like... You were like Jesus flipping a table. <laughs> I was. I was I was really giving it to her. Well, anyway, I, you know, I'm still fighting this whole thing. I don't need to go on and on about it. I had to, I, I had to write a letter. I went to my bank this week, actually, and had them write a letter and, and, and re- print a report up of yeah. when American Express actually yeah. received. So I still haven't um, won okay. this battle. But... Yeah. Why am I, uh, so I, I've been, but I've been, I've been, I felt bad because there were two different calls I had and I, and I really leveled these people and, and I didn't, I knew I didn't need to. Because, because they're working for an evil empire. And so 
be, because of that, they themselves must be evil. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, they're just these, these, these nice foreign people that are oh. trying to be customer service agents. Mm-hmm. They're just getting up every day and uh, doing their job, and, and I'm really giving them the third degree. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident I'm right. But, I, you know, at, at 54 years old, you know, you know, to, to, to get my ass up in the air like yeah, that yeah. and to just really crush a poor person who has no power in this situation any more than I do right. and can't really do anything. Their hands are tied. You know, I even talked to a supervisor. I really gave it to her, too, and that didn't go anywhere. But, but you know, being fully transparent here, you know, the, but the reality is, is I, I, I just was like, I needed to pray about this. And so I started praying about it. And I'm like, Lord, like, why did this trigger me so much? Like, why? I know better. Why couldn't I just be calm? Um, why couldn't I just ask helpful questions, get the information I needed, and just taking this to where it needed to go and, uh, and, and not lost my peace over it? Mm. And it and that would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. would have been. But, um, but I, so I was, um, and it's not, you know, the issue isn't that, I mean, I really do believe that this is unfair. I think there's something wrong in their system and they're not owning it. Um, and, uh, and, and I know this because one of the people I talked to told me that starting in April, they've been getting a lot of complaints from customers about this very thing. Mm. And she was actually sympathizing with me. Yeah. I didn't yell at this woman. Yeah, yeah. Because she could see that something was wrong in the company and they weren't doing anything about it. Mm. So it's not so much a question that I didn't have a righteous cause. But the question, and it's not even that anger is a bad emotion. I want to talk about sure. anger a little bit. Yeah. But it's the fact that I directed my anger at a person that wasn't that was undeserving of my anger because it's not their fault. And as a disciple of Jesus, I know better, and I should be mature enough in my life at this point to, to just refrain from that. That's the truth. Yeah. And, and I can honestly say that. Like, I more or less can manage my temper pretty well now, and, and I don't feel those control issues like I did as a young man in the need to be in total control of my situation. Mm. I'm, I'm a lot more free in that way. Yeah. So what's what's what did you discover? Well, yeah. So as I was um, praying about it, I, 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 in asking the Lord, I was like, why did this trigger me? Why do I get triggered around money? That was the bigger question. Why do mm. I get triggered when I feel like my finances are spinning out of control, and I'm not in control of the finances? And of course, He brought me back immediately to uh, when um, when I was in high school and my college years, and. Uh, and and this isn't something that was a new revelation for me. Uh, it was it, because it, it, this connection between what I experienced as a tr- as a as a teenager, and and these financial triggers that I've experienced over the years, has been well known to me. But he, it was an invitation, so to to address it, which I had never given him the the opportunity to do. So. Just a little bit of background on that. So when I, when my my dad, when um, in about 1980 or so, he decided to sell his business. He was an insurance agent, very successful, had a great business. But he had a dream, and his dream was he really wanted to be a marriage counselor. So he went and got his master's degree in uh, counseling, and he, he set out. And there was a guy by the name of Lou Tice who was a, kind of a kind of a counselor, psychologist, self help, life coachy kind of mm. one of the early ones. You know, yeah. like. 
And he was very... Like the pre-Tony Robbins kind of guy? Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I just think down deep inside, my dad really just loved that guy, and he wanted to be him. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to do seminars, and he wanted to do counseling and all of this stuff. And my dad was had, had tremendous wisdom. He really did. And and so he, he got his degree. He went out there. He sold his agency before he finished his degree. Kind of went all in. Mm, and he wow. got out there and started trying to open up, you know, a practice. Well, it just didn't go anywhere. Like, he just couldn't get clients. Mm. And I don't think it's because my dad was, you know, a failure. But I think he was a little ahead of his time. There was still a lot of... You know, we had just lived through the 70s divorce culture, and there were so many strained and broken marriages, and there still are, but that was the beginning of all that. Yeah. And and I just think he was a little ahead of his time, and there was just too much shame. Yeah, around. super. I mean, there's yeah. still this stigma yeah. around that. You know, nobody wants to admit that right. they failed in some way. Yeah. So, you know, and then he tried seminars, and he tried things with, like, groups of couples, you know, and eh, that didn't work. And, and I, to be honest with with you. I think part of that was that my dad, uh, my dad just didn't have the charisma, like the personality, you know, that attracted that kind of a confidence in people. So he was never going to be like a public speaker. He was never going to have his own radio show or anything like that, you know. But um, anyway, we we just ran out of money. That's what happened. We ran out of money. And uh, And and you knew this. How old were you at the time? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was like, you know, he started all of this in my junior high years. By the time I was a junior in high school, we were out of money, and the first big blow um, to uh, to me was um, was uh, we had to sell our house, and it was our family home. They had built that home in the early '60s, and we just had so many, you know, as yeah. anybody would, great memories, and we, as a child, we, I just, you know, I, we all felt powerless. And uh, but I guess my question is real quick. Your parents didn't necessarily hide this from you. Like you, you no, knew what was no, going I on. No, I knew. I knew. Uh, my dad was pretty transparent, and you know, my mom was much more uh, quiet about things. But my dad was, you know, kind of an emotional guy like me. I mean, I learned a lot of my temperament. I mean, I really have his temperament. Mm. So, you, you know, when he was really happy and boisterous and laughter. It was, you know, he was loud. And when he was upset, he was loud. And, you know, and when he was worried, he was sick at his stomach and sometimes prone to tears even. I mean, so I I have a particular memory, but this was in my college years, but we, we, let me just go back and I'll get to that point. But I sold, we sold the house. Yeah. And I was, I was really upset about that. And that and And I felt, so we went from a situation where we, you know, we kind of had run out of money, and we were kind of living month to month, and we were really poor. I mean, that's the reality. I, I, I felt the fear. Now, how real it was, I don't know, but I think it was pretty real because, because it was a month to month situation. It's not that my dad wasn't employable, but he just insisted on making this work, mm-hmm. and so he kept borrowing, you know, money. He kept moving money around on credit cards. He kept. He had a property that he sold, um, you know, and he just kept kind of inching us along, you know, month to month, you know, year to year, getting through. But it was just, there was, there was a clear, a, a clear feeling of fear and anxiety in me because as a child, you just don't know where that's all, how it, you don't know all the details. You don't know how it's really going to play out. All you know is, is we don't have enough money. And, yeah. and you hear these conversations and, 
you know, and so then I go to college and I'm, you know, my parents had always helped my siblings with college. They couldn't help me. Mm. So now I go into my college years mm-hmm. and I've got to try to figure out how I'm going to make ends meet and pay my wow. tuition. And so I'm borrowing money. And so there's like anxiety layered with injustice. And you know what I mean? Like a lot, because they're, they're not able to help you even though they help everybody. Yeah, else. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it injustice, but a certain, it, it just, I, I never resented him for this. Yeah. I, 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 because to be honest with you, as an aside, I believed wholeheartedly in my, it, I wanted my dad to do this. Mm-hmm. He was miserable in, 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 in the 70s in his insurance business. Yeah, yeah. And I want, I knew what my dad, my dad is a wise man. And I knew that he would be great at this, yeah. and I wanted him to succeed. So, um, yeah. So you went to college. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I wasn't resentful at all. I, I just was afraid. Yeah, that, that's yeah, really sure. It. So I went to college, and and uh, I can remember I had a little incident my freshman year. I opened up my first checking account, and you know, and then I, I bounced a bunch of checks because I didn't know about bouncing checks. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and all these fees accrued, and mm. suddenly I was staring at hundreds of dollars with the fees, and and I I mean I was scraping for you know, you know a dollar, you know trying to figure yeah. out how I was gonna, you know, I was working a lot trying to make it work, and mm. so that was that was really uh, really tough, and then I, I you know I just remember I just went into a complete panic, you know, and I I went into the bank and I was like begging them, you know, please, you know, can you can I I have no way of paying this, you know. Mm. Uh, and my parents can't help me, and they really couldn't. I mean, they just had, they had nothing. And they were barely, you know, we moved out of our house. We sold it, and we rent, rented. So we went from owning our house to having to, yeah. a rental situation, and it was, and that was humiliating. I mean, it was just like, you know, ugh. I, I just, yeah, it was just really hard. So I um, can visibly see, at, like, j- you just going through the story. Yeah. <laughs> Is like it's painful. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, and we were a very comfortable middle class family, and you know, we really did fall into poverty. And and uh, and and you know, uh, just to get to the, let me just kind of finish the story, then we can delve yeah. into my reactions and all yeah. of that a little bit more. But but by by the mid nineties, you know, so all this kind of started in the early eighties, and you know, I'd say for about ten years it was really tough. And there was and there was one point in college where. You know, I think it was about when my dad really hit the bottom and he was he was without options, you know, and he was he started going back into the life insurance business and he was just he was brokering deals, you know, while he was still continuing to try to get this marriage thing going. And and it and it would help us. But he was at a I think it was like the lowest of the low. Mm. And he broke down. We were sitting in the kitchen. He broke down, started crying. And he and he literally looked at me and he says, what am I supposed to do, Michael? Mm. And I'm like, I'm like a sophomore or something in college and I'm looking at him. And of course, you know, um, (laughs) thinking I had uh, the wisdom for that moment, you know, I really was like, it was one of the first times in my life where I actually was speechless. Mm. I I was like, I'm thinking to myself, like I, I started giving him advice. Like, like I had real advice to give him. I had no idea. I, I, I was just sitting here going. By all rights, I should not be in this situation right now. I am not the adult in this situation. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Why did you sell your business? Why did you sell our house? Why did you, you know, you know, but again, at the same time, I'm like, 
I, I know the dream, you know, I know the dream and I want it to succeed for you, but I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I, 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 I you just got to trust God. That's what I told him. You just got to trust, keep trusting God. Well, it was only about, it was several years. I mean, that would have been like late eighties when that happened, like 89, 90, something like that. It was finally in 96 that my parents founded Community Homes and, uh, um, you know, the happy ending to the story is that through all of that experience that he had, he, he gained enough experience and wisdom to be able to found a community that, he, that they opened up for a group for, for um, higher functioning people with disabilities. Yeah. I've shared that I have a sister with Down syndrome. And Community Homes now has, you know, I don't know, eight or ten homes and it's thriving and, you know, my, this is my parents' legacy. But it was, you know, through the crucible and the trials of, of all of those mm. experiences. And I mean, there's so many layers to that. So it, it has a beautiful kind of ending, I guess, because they were able to, to create something that might, that I think God really wanted my parents to create. I don't think marriage counseling was yeah, my yeah. dad's calling. This was. But at any rate. But it seems like there's an But it left a wound in yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, right. That's there's, the point. It left right. a deep wound in me. And over the years as a father, I've, I've, I've carried in my soul a lot of really extreme anxiety around money and around n- never, I'm never, you know, here's the, the, the lie, vow. Yeah. The, the false vow. I will never do that to my family. Mm. And uh, I will never leave my wife and children in, in a place of financial insecurity. Um, so I'm no matter what I do, I'm going to make sure that I, I got my bases covered. And, uh, you know, but... The problem is, is that there's a whole lot of self-reliance in that, and uh, there's been a few moments over the years when I've, you know, it's spun out of control. I won't go into all those, but, but, you know, with the economy the way it is right now, and and the infl- inflation, and things are getting tighter, you know, my my stress levels and worry about, you know, and then of course, four years ago, I, I stepped out to start a nonprofit organization, and this isn't the best economy to be trying <laughs> to get a, a nonprofit mm. off the ground and. And it's been challenging, you know, to to have the trust in the Lord that the the finances are going to be there, and so you know, all of these things kind of converge on you know, little, you know, fourteen, sixteen year old Mike Terrian who still lives as alive and well inside those places of my of recesses of my soul, mm. you know. Um, and so, anyway, back to my prayer this week. Um, I think I had the wits about me to realize it's like, you know, Lord, this is all kind of irrational because you really have taken so such good care of me. I really have entrusted our finances to you and you've always provided. So there really isn't a good reason for me to start getting ramped up. And therefore, I didn't need to abuse these people. Um, even though I might be right, it doesn't matter whether it works out or doesn't work out. Mm. you've been generous where I was undeserving and you've challenged us to be trusting when there didn't seem like there was enough. So I just need to did come that, to terms with this. Yeah. Did that bring uh, any peace to you? Like, Well, so what, what I, what I did, and I think this is kind of the point I'm trying to work my way towards here is to say, I, I realized, and this is something I've come to realize more and more with the work that we're doing is that, you know, it's one thing to think about a problem it's an, it's and to understand the problem and i certainly have had that over mm-hmm. the years yeah but it's another thing to say okay lord it's time for me to invite you uh, 
you know, into that place and and just heal me, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, I just got to let it go, you know? I got to... I got to stop allowing this wound and this weakness in myself cause me to sin. Um, maybe my sin wasn't serious, but it still was unacceptable, you mm. know? Yeah. Uh, my anger wasn't unjustified or irrational insofar as, you know, uh, this isn't right, what American Express is. I mean, they've got a problem. They're not admitting it, and God willing... They'll reimburse me that funding. But even if they don't, it's going to be fine. And the reality is, is that I need to let go of this inordinate need for controlling money and feeling a sense of false security in that. And that means that I have to go back to the memory of those times. And I have to, in a sense, relive them differently. And And I think we do that by... Um, you know, by allowing the Lord to um, be with us in that time. I mean, mm, he, he yeah, was, yeah. but we weren't, at, I wasn't at the time aware of that. Like, that wasn't part of my spiritual or religious consciousness as a teenager. You know, you're just, you're just going through the thing sure. and you're worried and you're afraid. Um, but I... Um, you know, I needed to just, you know. So every morning this week in my prayer, I just been intentionally bringing myself back to the American Express thing, hmm. and I've and I I I feel the trigger like oh you know like yeah, and then I say and I do that on purpose while I'm praying, because that trigger point is it's not about American Express, you know, it's not about my balance. Uh, uh, my check, you know, the balance in my checking account. You know, it's it's it, it's really about um, the fear that I felt that has never been resolved. And again, mm. it's not you know, it it's never it's never a re, you know it's like it's not a resentment that I feel towards my dad. Sure, and, you know, I I've already said that several yeah, times, right. but it's just. You know, um, I've got to learn in this present moment that I don't need to be afraid of, you know, uh, financial want. Uh, What I need to do, rather, is entrust the financial situation, whatever it might be, into the hands of God and let it go. Yeah. And I need to really do that. I can't do that as just an idea that I entertain mm. in my head, but I have to do it in my heart, and I have to really hand it over and let it go. And And I'm not going to do that in one <laughs> sitting. <laughs> no. But that's why I've been doing it on purpose every morning. Like, I've mm. been going back to, you know, um, the trigger itself and triggering the reaction and then saying, Lord, you know, help me, you know, yeah. Help me to not be afraid. Give me the grace of trust uh, in you in yeah. this moment. The trust I didn't have yeah. when I was a child. Not that that was my fault per se, but you know. Yeah. But I still had to learn that in life. And here I am at 54 years old, and I don't <laughs> think there's an irony in that because I think that it was when my dad was 54 was, was, was when he hit that all-time low. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I, 
it's interesting too. I just have to say this that that uh, at, um, when I started Preambula Group, I was fifty years old, and I just thought, wow, what the irony is here. I am walking away from the sense of financial security I had in my other way of working, you know, which, which is to have a have a secure salary, you know, at an institution. And, you know, you know, remembering the solemn vow, I will never do this to my family. Ah. And the Lord, hearing the Lord say to me back then when I made the decision, I need you to step out of the boat. Uh, the irony of it's just kind of been hitting me this yeah. week. It's like, oh, yeah, look at that. Isn't <laughs> that funny? I'm, I did something very similar to what my dad did. Mm. Um, not exactly the same, but similarly. And I think that the lesson, you know, the sins of the fathers passes on to the son. And I don't think the sin of my dad was that he pursued his calling. I think it's that he allowed too much of his own fear and his own need to be in control, to mm. dictate his reactions to his circumstances. And he could have been more peaceful and more trusting as he went through that process. And maybe things would have fallen together more quickly. Mm. He kind of became his own worst enemy, I think, in some ways. But I think that, you know, for me, I, following the call and putting myself in a more precarious financial situation with running a nonprofit in this economy, you know, I think the reality is, is God's just saying, I need you to trust me. And I mean really trust me. That means yeah. you don't wake up every morning and feel all angsty and all mm -hmm. worried about how it's all going to work out. Because yeah. you don't need to worry about it. You just need to get up every day and you need to just trustingly do what I ask you to do. And I'll show you how this is going to work out. Um, wow. That's hard. <laughs> it's the understatement of the century. Um, wow. First of all, just, my gosh, uh, thanks for for being so open and transparent about that. Like, a couple of things I was thinking about is, you know, I, it's a beautiful thing for me to, well, first of all, it is hard, right? It's extremely, these kinds of things are extremely hard. And I think it's why most people avoid them. Most people would, in in a weird kind of way, be much more comfortable with the explosions, with the reactions, like, you know, uh, beating up other people, you know, out of this sense of what they, what they think is injustice or it's unfair or it's whatever it is. And, um, you know, hurt other people rather than, rather than uh, trying to get to a depth of where that thing is coming from, you know, like the, the true, the truth of that. So, I, one, I, it's an incredibly beautiful thing to see when someone like yourself uh, wants to understand the depth of that and wants to really um, have that have that place inside themselves transformed, you know, and healed. Because uh, I, you know, in the work we do, I get to see it all the time how people how people project those interior kind of things onto other people or even themselves, like how they hurt themselves through that. And, um, 
You know, I think the Lord really wants us to live in free, <laughs> freedom and, um, and in his peace, you know, because there is a peace that he brings that no, no selfish pursuit of that or no willing of our own selves is going to reach that, you know. And I'm, I'm only saying that because I've experienced that for myself. So that is beautiful. Um, but it is hard. And that, you know, like that requires a, uh, it does require a, a really deep level of friendship and relationship with the Lord to even trust that that he would want to do that, that he would want to to heal that and to um, to help, you know, to help resolve that and um, change that. Because I'm sure, like, after you yell at somebody, your conscience is like, dude, that's, like, it's not right. Like, that person has, and I, we've all done it. Um, well, you know, it's it's funny what was, what was different this time because I really, you know, after I lost it, Normally, what I would have done is I would have replayed this again and again and again through my head in order to continue justifying my reaction. Sure, right. So, you know, I have to in, excuse myself rather than stare, you know, into the void and ask, I have the freedom to not respond that way. Why do I not have it? Um, yeah, why did I lose my self mastery in that time? Again, I can project that outward onto the world and justify myself, but the Lord gives us the grace to make a different choice, always. Mm. And uh, you know, for all these years, I've you know I've justified not you know relying on myself in my own thought processes to try to rationalize that reaction. Um, and, and the reality is, is that I'm the one who ultimately also gets punished for that because I, I feel terrible and right. You know, not even, not necessarily terrible in the sense of I feel guilty for what I did, although that's true too. But, but I also just, it just feels awful to be angry and yeah, enraged at, at other people. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just so, it's such a terrible way to, you know, you can't make anything function and work right when you're just incensed like that, Yeah, you know? Um, and, and, you know, one thing I would, I would add as a kind of reflection on the, the emotion of anger. I mean, anger, you know, it's part of our human experience and we're going to feel anger. You know, it's, it's when the anger causes us to sin so it wouldn't have been necessarily um, wrong of me to, once I discovered the injustice in the situation, to have an emotional response of anger. I mean, my first reaction was panic mm. and fear. Mm-hmm. And that led into the anger once I realized that it wasn't my fault, it was their fault. If it had been my fault, I would have said, I would have gone into a place of self-contempt of, you're so sure. stupid, how yep. could you be so right. such an idiot? Like, how right. did you let this go by and... You know, you're just a terrible manager of your finances and blah, you know. I could have gone into that whole yeah, place, yeah. but I didn't. I yeah. didn't have to. I got right. to go into the place of these people are incompetent and, you know, who in the heck do they think they are? And, you know, they're just this big, powerful corporation that, that leaves the little guy, you know, you have no, you know, like I just, you know, yeah. I, I was I was starting to go to that place. But 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 I I just early on, I was like, no, just stop. Just <laughs> no, just stop. You, you know 
that you didn't need to respond that way to that poor lady and that poor guy, you know, and, uh, you know, you, 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 you need to look at this because you're too old <laughs> at this point to be mm. getting triggered by something as kind of silly as this really in the grand scheme of things, you know, at least my house isn't getting blown up. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's, so I think, you know, anger and anger is the other thing I say is anger is really about control. People get angry because they they feel a loss of control, and I think you know if I were to ask myself, well, why did you, why did you have such a bad temper? You know, you could say, well, I was just born that way, and it's like, well, maybe. I mean, maybe I had a certain temperament that was inclined that way, that I inherited genetically from my dad. You know, maybe, maybe it was modeled for me. You know, because my dad was that way. But but I think I think the deeper answer is that as a child. I think part of the story of Mike Tarion is Mike Tarion wanted a lot of control. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over mm-hmm. a lot of things. And so it was easy to become angry because I felt that through outbursts I could control something I didn't. And there are a lot of things about which I didn't feel I had a lot of control. You know, one of those things was that I was so small and so, you know, and I got pushed around a lot, you know, on the playground. You know, I got, mm-hmm. you know, unfairly knocked around or, you know teased for being that way and, and all that. And there were other things I could go into, but I won't. But the point is, is that, is that if, if, if a person, you know, maybe someone out and listening right now is, is someone who deals with, with anger, you know, anger is always about control. And, and not that I didn't know this years ago, but I think I just, this week I'm like, you know, I don't need to be in control of my finances. That's the particular matter about mm. which I'm angry. This, you know, the finance loss of that financial feeling like, oh, my finances are spinning out of control. Um, but the reality is, is that I can hand it over to the Lord. And while my, my, my anger to some degree might be justified if I've been mistreated, God will take care of it. Whoever is responsible for this will... Yeah, it'll be handled. Right, maybe not by me. Right, but um, so I've been now just praying. It's like, Lord, if it's your will, I just pray that you know I'll be reimbursed the f- money that's owed to me, and if not, it's okay. Yeah, I, I've gotten this far without those dollars in my account. We've got it under control now. I thank you for pointing it out and yeah. letting me see that this didn't. Yeah, like I just wasn't looking at that line that yeah. said interest. Right, because. When you yeah. pay your balance off, you don't have to look at that line. I was just looking at my charges. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I d- yeah, I wanted to share this one story um, because uh, <clears throat> I had uh, had dreams of grandeur, you know, going into architecture, and that I was going to, um, you know, just yeah, make a make a lot of money, be able to. Um, you know, design and build my own house at a young age and just be very successful, both materially and financially. And um, I remember uh, whenever I was going through this process uh, while I lived in Denver of um, kind of a a spiritual awakening and, um, yeah, just being stretched and pulled and challenged in a million different ways, I had a client in... uh, Chicago, outside of Chicago, and um, they they had done a lot of spec development, buying up properties in the in the suburb there, and 
and then building big homes and, and selling these homes after they were built. And uh, the, the, it was right around the time where the economy, the housing market tanked. And, and so they, they were really struggling financially. And uh, they were really good people. But uh, my design work, um, you know, they owed me thousands and thousands of dollars. And, um, and uh, obviously everybody was feeling the pinch. So I, I remember just going through all of those emotions. Like I, like, I don't care if you're feeling the pinch. Like, you owe me that money, you know. Like I, and, and being a little bit anxious about how am I going to pay my bills if you're not giving this to me. And, um, and it was funny because, and this is the importance of having... <laughs> Having community, like having people who can really speak into those areas where um, you might specifically need challenged. And my wife was like, um, she was like, listen, I've been, I've been praying about that. And she's like, I think you should just forgive that debt. And I, you know, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like there's how, how's that going to happen? You know? And, and, uh, and she she literally was like, I just feel like God, it'll be okay. Like it'll be okay. And so I'm, you know, I'm like having, I feel like having a heart attack. You know, like oh my God, constantly worrying about that money and all the things that it's gonna uh, pay for. You know, with our growing family and and um, and so I. She just kept saying it. She's like, I, you know, you're you're so unsettled. You're so like, you're so angry. It's all you're you're consumed by it, you know. And I was like, it's true. Like I'm, I was. There was no peace in me because of that. And I had thought about like taking them to small claims court. You know, there's like a certain limit that you could. And I'm like, I don't want to fly out to Chicago to do. You know, like, and um, so finally in a total act of like just complete surrender at like literally giving it to God and being like, okay, like you're going to have to make something of this. I, I called them up and I was like, listen, I, you know, I know it's difficult for you. And, um, I just want to let you know, you know, the last part of that design fee, just don't worry about it. And, um, I mean, they were, they were beyond grateful of course and relieved they had to downsize to it, you know, like they, they were in a really bad place. And, um, so anyway, fast forward, uh, this was probably in like September, October, fast forward a couple months and, um, I'm sharing this story with somebody and simultaneously our car's transmission went out to the tune of like and uh, $2,000. I think the amount they owed me was like 4000 So um, the transmission had to get fixed. And I'm like, oh, there there you go. There you go, Becky. Way to go. Like, our now what do we do? Because our car ne needs this money. And um, so I'm telling this story to a friend of mine. And uh, uh, after, after um, we got home, because his friend lived out of town, I got home and... Um, did not tell this story at all about the, the debt that was forgiven to this person. And uh, I open up, and there's a letter from my friend, and in it was a check for $4,000. And I'm like, 
uh, you know, it was like, hey, you know, I Is have this the I friend. Have, my, well, maybe, but <laughs> I I have these funds, you know, and and uh, you you definitely could use them more than I could, and and oh, the extras wow. just for you know, like for your family, and I was like un. I just blown away, blown away. Yeah. And I feel like there's been so many moments of that. Um, you know, like it's been a long process for me to, to let go of that, you know, like to, to really trust that the Lord will, will provide for us, you know, and, um, maybe not in the ways that I want or expect, you know, like still hold on to that dream of like, you know, building the house that's in my computer ready to be, you know, like on a lot somewhere. And I, I don't feel like God is asking me to abandon that dream, but it's just not now, you know, like there's, there's work in the ministry world, you know, and the work of uh, bringing other people to him that he's calling me to. And, uh, but he has provided in, miraculous ways every single time and sometimes sometimes we had to suck up our own pride you know and be on uh like assistance here and there you know depending on the situation and um but but it was you know like every single time he's like i'll take care of you and and it has happened and but it is hard (laughs) it's you know uh yeah yeah, well, I mean, money is uh, a kind of security. <laughs> I say a kind of security because it it's a false security. It, when you have it, you feel secure, and when you don't, you don't. And But it's, it's like you can never have enough, really. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I think that... Yeah, well, because you can... It's easy just to live up to your means. And, uh, you know, I, I think this whole experience for me is also just making me really re-examine, like, like, how can I be more intentional about the way I do spend the money that I have? And how can I be more detached from the things money can buy? Obviously, there's things we need and, you know, and even things that we want that are legitimate to have. But it money's just a, a funny, it's a funny thing. Oh, and yeah. it, it, can, uh, it can be a false substitute for faith and even our hard work. And it's it's very difficult to put it in its proper you know in its proper place. One of the things that I uh, I, I feel like I, I should I should tell another part of the end of the story for my dad because it really is a beautiful beautiful thing. Mm. I mean, I've been sitting here hesitating <laughs> because I think, well, is that too much information? <laughs> um, but I think my dad would be okay with it. But, you know, towards the end of the time, you know, of the of this period of time, he um yeah, he had accumulated quite a bit of a credit card debt, which was kinda, you know, it compounds and it's just it oh, it buries you, you know. Yeah. And he was kept moving stuff around, you know, interest free, you know, for a while and but anyway, he had this building that I told you earlier about that he kept to get us through these years, he kept selling off portions of his building to to friends, uh, and my uncle too, and uh, that would get us through. And so there were, I think there were like four or five people that were involved in this, and it did help. And and that the the real estate, the value of that building kept you know kind of rising. So he kept his 
little share kept getting a little bit more and a little bit more mm-hmm. as time went on because the, 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 the market really exploded at that time in, in Bellevue. So anyway, at, at some point in time, he owned nothing. He had nothing left. It was all in the ownership of these, these five businessmen, friends, my uncle, and so on. And they decided to sell the building. So they sold the building, and, and then they took a portion of that sale, and they paid off my dad's debt, and then they kept mm. the rest of the profits for themselves. Wow. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember. Uh, but let, me, let me just say. <laughs> yeah, one, no, me, that's great. Say this one thing that, yeah. that I think, you know, I think that what it, what it said to me was, first of all, yes, God always provides. Um, you know, we all have to learn that lesson, I think, for ourselves. But God provides. And he provides through friends, which is kind of what you were saying, yeah, which yeah. is what triggered that yeah. memory. But also, but also, I think it also was a, a, a way God communicated to my dad that he, he, was, he was happy or pleased with what it is that my dad was ultimately pursuing. Mm. And while he might not have carried himself through that moment with as much faith as he needed, he certainly had a lot of faith to continue pursuing that because he really wanted to help people. He really wanted to serve people. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was, I think, the way it resolved itself was kind of God's way of saying, you know, like, I, I'm pleased with what you've been trying to do. Yeah, yeah. But I have a different plan for you. Yeah. You know, and that was, that all happened like right as they were transitioning into creating, you know, community homes. And so it was like this blessing on top of a blessing. So, so. The, like, I, I think that um, as a sort of third party observer of that story, you know, there's a part of me that says, your dad, um, you know, your dad may, I don't know all the ins and outs, but let's hypothetically say your dad was being very faithful to what God was calling him to do, which was, you know, take a lot of risk. There's a lot of risk in what he was doing. And I think the, the hard part, and this is the part that I think about a lot with being a dad and, and modeling for my own family, I don't want, and I think my dad modeled this for me pretty well, that money is not like m- I never saw my dad worry about money. And I know that my dad um, started out just as kind of a, you know, like a um, a uh, blue collar job, you know, and, and driving truck and things like that. And But it wasn't lucrative and his family was growing. And I could look back at that and probably realize, yeah, it was probably super tight, you know. But um, but he never ever like I don't ever remember having a feeling of my dad being anxious or my dad being worried about that. Um, and I you know like I really don't I and I hope that the way I live my life and sometimes there is like I feel like there's financial insecurity you know like um, uh, having my own business you know being a self self-employed uh, kind of person, but then also being a part of a, a startup, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And, um, I don't want my kids, you know, and I do like, still, I still sometimes go through that process of like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen. Thank God I'm married to a woman who 
couldn't give <laughs> couldn't give two craps about um money she like she's so beautifully detached from it and and that provides a lot of comfort for me as the provider you know because i don't feel this pressure to have to provide and so anyway i think like what i what i'm getting at is you know going back in your is that why you sit on the front porch and drink beers all the time <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great full-time job but no, I can't get paid to do that. Um, I won't pay you to do that. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like it's, you know, that's the story that you tell is like that our, you know, our, our, our fears, our worries, our anxieties, our sins, our whatever percolate up in various ways. And they do have an effect on other people yeah. and they, they end up creating wounds and other people, not some, you know, oftentimes unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, yeah. but well, our own ch children. Sure, absolutely, and uh, you know, like, so I think that that's a beautiful awareness that you have. One that that did create such a an impact on you. You know, that's had a very that's had a very strong impact on you. Yeah. Witnessing your dad kind of struggle with this openly. Well, and I, I unfortunately, I, I passed that same affectivity on to my own kids because you know i modeled i i, I did what he kind of modeled you mm -hmm. know the panic and the worry so there's a lot to undo there you know i have yeah. to hope i can work with my kids as they're young adults to have a different attitude about what security really means mm. yeah yeah that's one thing that i've discovered uh and i don't know how i hope it helps with my kids is when I realize um, at any point, hopefully more quickly than not, but if I realize at any point that I've done something wrong or that I've done something, that could potentially um, be one of those things that causes a wound in them um, to just with every ounce of my heart apologize to them, you know, for that and explain like why, you know, like my understanding of, of why I did that, why it was wrong, you know. Um, I don't know. I feel yeah. like that's that can be really helpful. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I've definitely done that, um, too. I mean, there's just times when you, you got to model. We have to model our own humil you know, humility yes, to them. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, uh, you know, admit when we've screwed up, you know. I kind of my final thing that I want to say, because you mentioned Becky and her heroic detachment. Um, I, I don't think this story is complete without mentioning the fact that my mother, my mother just loved and adored my father. And one of the things that was a tremendous witness um, to me is that she never, ever complained and she believed wholeheartedly in what my dad felt called mm -hmm. to do. That's powerful. And she gave her 100% total support. It was hard, and she got she broke down a couple of times because she was scared too. But she never doubted that he was doing what he felt called to do. And she walked and supported him all that while. She never complained. I can honestly say that, I at least in front of me, in front of the kids. Like, she just didn't she just made the best of the situation every day and she did she made she she pulled rabbits out of hats all the time i don't yeah, know yeah. how she did it but <laughs> but the other the other thing too is i'd say that you know i've pursued 
similar path as my own dad, that is, a, 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 a very strong sense of calling without, you know, look, the world of theology isn't necessarily fraught with, uh, you know, lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> it, you can do okay, but, you know, you never know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've pursued that. And and I just, you know, I have to, I you know, we've, we've you know, when like grad school days, you know, when my first job at St. Vincent's, I mean, my gosh, I look at what I was making. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah. But I have to say the same thing about my wife. Um, Lynn has just always been so supportive mm. and just believed in what it is that I felt called to do. She's always wanted me to be happy. And the only time she's ever, you know, ever been worried or, or, or complaining has been when she's like, I just, whatever it is, I want you to be happy doing yeah. it. And if you're yeah. not happy, then... Maybe you're not doing the right thing, and and uh, you know, and there's been ups and downs in that journey, but but it it it, it is a tremendous gift, um, and you know, I say this to everybody out there listening. You know, it's like in any family context, you know, to have the gift of people standing with you as you're trying to forge ahead and sort of define and 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 leave your legacy on the world, like. What am I gonna leave behind? What am I giving here? And and there's a there's a great sense of calling in that, but there's a lot of risk. Yeah. And there's a lot of potential for loss. And and it's it's such a beautiful thing to have a wife who and and I know you feel the same way about Becky, who just believe in uh what we've, you know, uh felt called to do. Um and you know, I, I'll say this: it doesn't. It it can work in the you know in the inverse just as well. Like yeah. you know, in terms of it's women who have pursued their their dreams or their calling, and you know, husbands who have stood by and said, "Yeah, you got to do that. You yeah, gotta yeah, do that." And yeah. right now, my wife's kind of pursuing her dream, and and it's great to be able to return that, you know, um, that support and standing alongside her. So, anyhow, I think. Wow. We at the uh, end of our time here. Yeah. It was really good. Thanks again for, I like it. I like that we, uh, I like that occasionally there's these episodes where, you know, it's, it's very personal, but it also, um, you know, I think cracking it open and breaking it open is applicable to, to anybody. Um, so thank you. That was really beautiful. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, for listening. As always so fantastic and share it share it with people don't be afraid uh you know to share this these episodes with other people that you think would be blessed by it um we have all kinds of great information about the stuff we do uh at preambula.org that that also helps people to kind of go through the same process of greater self-awareness understanding um yourself more and and you know, potentially where, where those kind of obstacles and filters and blocks might be. I mean, we got, we're really, uh, I love what we do. We're helping people experience freedom and peace. And yeah, it's, I don't know. Well, I do too. Yeah, it really is a blessing. And it's, I think it's a blessing to um, just really to be with other people on this journey of life and trying to learn how to be, um, you know, faithful children of God, I guess, you know, and that's, it, it, 
it, it's something that just works itself out in the day to day. So hopefully, hmm. hopefully everybody who's listening can benefit from that. So Amen. anyhow, I thanks. don't think I said blah 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 once. You by didn't. The way. You <laughs> you did not say blah 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 <laughs> one time. <laughs> so good for you. Uh, yeah, okay. I, if next time though it happens, I'm going to have you uh, interpret we'll keep, and translate that for me. We'll keep a we'll keep a record. sure it's a profound <laughs> thought, but yeah, blah blah blah. <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya. Bye. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambule Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at preambula.org and follow us on social media.